Genesis chapter 17 and verse number 4. God speaking to Abraham. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. God here entering into a covenant with formerly Abram, now called Abraham because of the covenant, makes a prophetic declaration of what he is fixing to do through the lineage of Abraham. To make a long story short, God's promise... Uh, began here but it was extended and expanded upon through other scriptures that in Abraham and in all of his seed in his seed would all the nations of the earth be blessed and we know now reading the book of Galatians and other passages of scripture in the New Testament that it wasn't just strictly prohibited to the physical lineage of Jews but it was related to those who through faith put their trust in one Jew, whose name is Jesus Christ, for forgiveness of sins, and by extension of faith in him, we become the seed of Abraham. So that wherever the gospel is heard and received, they become, a, uh, they become heirs and joint heirs with Christ. They become direct recipients of the blessings of God that began to be promised to Abraham and his seed in the passage that we just read. And I want you to notice a couple of significant things about this. First verse 4, it said, Thou shalt be a father of many nations. I want you to think about what fatherhood means for just a moment. Out of Abraham's faith to God Almighty was birthed Entire nations, not just kids, not just grandkids, but nations. I believe if you follow the trail of history, 
it could be solidly argued and proven that the very existence of America itself was in direct correlation to this promise connected to Abraham. Because it was the forefathers that helped found this country who based our system of government initially on many of the biblical principles that you find within the Word of God. And were it not for a direct connection to this book that we hold in our hands today, we would not have some of the solid principles found within our founding documents as a nation. Now, I know that uh, this secular world wants to eliminate and eradicate and erase our spiritual heritage and try to convince us that all of our forefathers were pagans or heathenistic and didn't even believe in God, but nothing could be further from the truth. I'm not saying they were all necessarily born again, but I would say that God's providential hand was etched in stone and in founding documents, and you can find traces of spiritual heritage all throughout the founding of this nation, and it is because a man named Abraham decided to believe God and follow him in spite of the external circumstances that looked contrary to what God was telling him at that time. And because of his faith, things were birthed. Let me put it to you this way. Because of his intimacy with God, his friend, he was a friend of God. Because he loved God with all of his heart, soul, mind and strength and committed himself when God spoke to Abraham and told him to walk away from his family and to walk away from those pagans and, and go with God. Abraham didn't even know what direction to go other than to follow the voice of God and the Bible said of Abraham that he was looking for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He didn't know exactly where he was going to find it. He didn't know exactly what it was going to look like but because he had an intimate relationship with his creator God he walked by faith and because he walked by faith and had that intimate walk with God entire nations were birthed and blessed because of his walk with God and Abraham became then a father to many nations now God is not just interested in fatherhood for the sake of pleasure God helped Abraham God blessed Abraham because Abraham wanted more than just God's stuff. Abraham wanted God's person. Abraham got, wanted fellowship with God. Now, some of you are wondering what this has to do with Valentine, and I'm fixing to tell you, amen. Uh, but I want you to notice then uh, that there was some intimacy involved. And because there was intimacy involved, things were birthed. Are you getting the picture? Verse 9 says of our text, God said to Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant and so Abraham entered into covenant with God God entered into covenant with Abraham and God instructed Abraham this is a covenant that is not to be broken you might uh, typify it to a, 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 uh, a marriage if you will when you enter into covenant with your uh, espoused uh, you are saying to your spouse uh, that we will be together until death do us part in other words uh, you are promising of course nowadays uh, they're reading 
rewriting those covenants and they're little more than just a, uh, just a weak promise. Amen. Uh, nowadays they want, uh, they, they, uh, they put outlets into the contract of marriage uh, so that they can get out just as quick as they can get in. Uh, but God give us some people who are in relationships for more than temporary pleasure, but they're in it for long-term commitment. Somebody say amen right there. And there's a principle, and I'm laying the groundwork for the thrust of my message. For, so be patient with me for just a few more moments, and I'll get to what I'm trying to tell you this morning. But I want you to notice fatherhood. I want you to notice covenant. And I want you to notice how that God requires a keeping of the covenant in order for the blessings to continue to flow. Now, Here's the basic principle that I'm laying down. We often want the pleasure of connection without the permanence of consequence or covenant. You just as well say amen this morning. Many today uh, are looking for romance, but they're not looking for a long-term relationship. Amen. Uh, they're looking for a fling, but they're not looking for a friend. Somebody say amen this morning. Uh, and today in a sex-crazed society, we are uh, sex is pushed on us through every avenue, every angle that you could possibly imagine, and we are given the illusion uh, that good time are to be had uh, and that no long-term uh, commitment is necessary in order for you to live it up uh, but the devil is a liar there is pleasure in sin uh, for a season but the Bible said uh, that the ends thereof are the ways of death amen uh, and God is wanting to remind us as a nation today uh, that the same covenant that blessed us uh, in our early founding days uh, is the same covenant that can bless us today if we would choose not to just look for what God can give us in terms of things and in terms of pleasure but if we will be willing to enter back into a holy reverential covenant relationship with God Almighty and respect his principles and respect his covenant then God could bless our country again life only starts at conception but life is sustained with commitment. Anybody can be a daddy, but it takes some commitment to be a father. Somebody say amen right there. God told Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations, but it's going to be based on a covenant. That means a long-term commitment. It's more than just a night, a one-night stand. This is a lifetime commitment in America. We cannot continue to expect God to bless us while we curse his book, while we spit in his face, while we reject his name, while we crucify his prophets around the earth. Can I say, get another amen this morning, church? Uh, I'm preaching to you this morning on the importance of respecting the covenants of this book my message today entitled is entitled actually the day america died the day america died and i want to say it this way america died spiritually when she started disconnecting herself from her spiritual heritage from which she was blessed you remember when adam and eve were in the garden the Bible, the, the God told Eve, the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. They didn't die physically that day, but they died spiritually immediately. 
And many today look at America still as a prominent superpower in the world, though she's getting weaker by the moment and by the minute, amen. And they say, look at America and her height. Well, she's not dead yet. She's still very much alive, but she's been spiritually dead for a long time. And it's just a matter of time till the last nail is put in the coffin. Because the Bible says all nations shall turn it, be turning to hell that forget God. Where are we at as a nation today? We are where we're at today because of what we forsook decades ago. When they started taking prayer out of school. When they started taking the Bible out of school. When you disconnect yourself from your spiritual heritage, your heavenly father as a nation, you begin to cut off all life supply. You need to understand that this is more than just things and stuff. And, 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 and there's more to life than manipulating circumstances and manipulating money and things. And you can have all this world has to offer. But if you're disconnected from the vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, you can call yourself blessed. But you're actually cursed because you're only going to live but so long. And America can, can continue to pretend that she can exist as a pagan culture, amen, as a, as a, a God-forsaken society, uh, but uh, she's just fooling herself. Nobody wants to hear this kind of preaching today. They want me to tell you that everything's going to be okay. They just hang on and hold out, honey, uh, and, and, and it's all going to be fixed and America's going to survive. I can't promise you that America's going to survive. Amen. It don't look like she is, to be honest with you. According to the prophecies of the Word of God, uh, one day all nations are going to bow to the Antichrist. And we're getting real close to that today. But I want to give you three things that you need to know about America and about yourself. First, America needs Jesus. Amen. And I do not apologize for saying the name Jesus specifically and boldly and deliberately. Because they've tried to talk all the politicians and preachers out of praying in the name of Jesus publicly. Oh, we don't want to offend anybody. But while they're doing that, they're offending millions around the world who profess the name of Jesus. And they really don't care whether or not it offends anybody but their own heart and their own pride. But America needs Jesus Amen, Buddha, Muhammad, all them other false religions, their founders are in the grave and you can dig up their bones and they're just as dead today as there was the day they died physically. But Jesus is a risen Savior. He got up out of the grave on day three to prove that he was who he said he was. And there's no other religion that can lay claim to the fact that their founder who came to the earth 2,000 years ago ever liveth and maketh intercession for you and I today and I'm telling you America needs Jesus Christ America's problems will not be solved at the political level or even at the religious level. We've tried man-made religion. That didn't work. We've tried man-made politics. That's not working, obviously. Those two aspects have become part of the problem rather than the solution. And the question is, what is the best conduit through which to bring America and the individual back to Jesus? And I want to say it this way. 
the single most influential role in society is that of fatherhood. Fatherhood. Now, hang with me here. We just opened up where Abraham was made a father to many nations. And ultimately, Abraham's father was God the father. God promised Abraham that he would nurture him and nurture his offspring with blessings as long as the covenant was kept. In other words, God was saying, I will be to you a father. I will be to your lineage a father. I will be to your nations a father. What, what all is entailed in a father? Well, a father is a provider. A father is a protector. A father is a promoter. A father is a priest of the home. A father is a prophet, amen? And it's no wonder that Satan is trying to annihilate the role of fatherhood because it's bigger than the individual. It is a spiritual concept that climbs all the way up to the height of those who are fathers of entire nations. It all boils down to a relationship with God our creator. And if we're going to get back as America to our roots, then we're going to have to look to God, our Heavenly Father. But I want to say to daddies today, you're going to have to step up and be a man in your house. You're going to have to step up and quit allowing culture to demoralize your role as a daddy and as a father and as a husband. Quit letting the women's lib movement intimidate you into rising up and being who God called you to be, which is the spiritual leader of your home. Can, get, can I get an amen this morning? I make no apologies. I know this may be old-fashioned today, but I still believe that the daddy should rule the roost in terms of leadership, amen, in terms of protection, in terms of provision. Yes, mama may help pay the bills and mama may help raise the children, but God puts the sole responsibility of spiritual leadership on the daddies and on the fathers and, and society is crumbling and falling apart because we have daddies who want moments of pleasure, but they don't want to be permanently committed to what that moment of pleasure produced. God give us some fathers that'll rise back up and assume full responsibility for their actions and point their children and their grandchildren to Jesus Christ who can be the father of us all. I'm talking about the day America died when we disconnected ourselves from our spiritual heritage. And this isn't just for anybody, this is for everybody. And this kind of preaching may offend, but this is the kind of preaching we need. We need our cages rattled from time to time. We need a wake-up call because America is on a fast track to hell. And it's time for us to wake up and realize what it's going to take to repent and get back on the right track again. Somebody give God some glory this morning. Amen. Yes, praise the Lord. America needs fatherhood if the family unit is destroyed in society then society itself is destroyed that's why the enemy wants to take out the father figure you cannot have a nation without first a father nations are meant to be fathered you cannot know where you're going until you first know where you've been what are they doing they're trying to 
uh, re-educate our children today in public school systems to teach them to hate our founding, to detest, amen, and they even lie about it. They've rewritten a lot of our history books today. They don't even know some of the stories. It's a sad day. When, and this is, you see all this in the text that we opened up with. God says there's an importance of remaining connected to your spiritual heritage. If you don't stay connected, you will lose every blessing that comes with the covenant. And you know what's happening today? Satan is trying to propose government as our new heavenly father. Uh, they're trying to propose world government as the solution for all of our problems. They're trying to replace God with government. They're trying to inject a, an imposter for a father. And the sad reality is many today are swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. And they don't realize that it's just a bait and switch. That once they have you in the grasp of their hand, they do not care for the individual. They do not love the individual like God the Father does. They did not send their only begotten son to bleed and die on an old rugged cross to pay for your sins so that you can be blessed in this life and live eternity in heaven to be with God the Father. Amen. The devil is a liar. Can't nobody to you like Jesus. Can't nobody bless you like God Almighty. And it's about time we apologize apologize to God and we tell the government no and we tell God yes amen and we say I'm here to serve the risen Savior I'm here to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I will not bow I will not bend I will not forsake the God of my forefathers because of a government that is oppressive and because of a government that's getting more and more like communist China that's trying to shut our voices down where are the Christians today that'll get a backbone and stand up for Jesus again. Where are the daddies that'll stand up and say, as for me and my house, we we're going to serve the Lord. It's time, my friends, to return to real spiritual fatherhood. Can I get an amen? Yes. You will die. You remember the prodigal son that said uh, to his father, give me the inheritance that belongs to me. And really all he wanted was his stuff. He didn't want that connection with his daddy. He thought he could do it better than daddy. He thought he could be happier living out from under all those rules and regulations. So he said, just let me have my stuff. I'm out of here. And he went out. And he wasted himself and his substance with riotous living, the Bible said. Amen, until it got so bad because he disconnected himself from the spiritual heritage and fatherhood that God had placed in his life that he was eating with the hogs. And it dawned on him. Wait a minute. Even my daddy's servants, even my daddy's slaves have more to eat than I do. I, I tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to go back to my father's house 
And I'm going to admit that I've sinned. And I'm going to just swallow my pride and say, you were right, Daddy. And I was wrong. If you'll just make me one of your hired servants, uh, I'll be just happy to serve you from here on out. Uh, But I'm no longer going to deceive myself and making myself think uh, that I can continue to live prosperously, disconnected from all that you've taught me that's right and whole. Amen. Uh, And this is where America's at today. She is is winning to the far country away from the God of our forefathers. uh, away from the God of this Bible and now she's living in the hog slop of sin and just about to breathe our last breath but God help us to get back as a nation on our knees before a holy God and say I have sinned make me one of your hired servants it's better to be in the house of the Lord as a doorkeeper than to dwell in the house of the wicked amen in the tents of the wicked I'd rather be humble before God's presence knowing that I'm in his love and I'm in his grace and I'm in his forgiveness forgiveness uh, than to try to live out my pride until death comes a knocking oh that God would help America to realize that we need a relationship with our heavenly father again I don't know how to pull that off but one family at a time one individual at a time but where, what would happen to America if a thousand fathers sold out to Jesus as a result of this message and how God uses it in your life today? Just a thousand fathers all across this land that would say, you know what, I'm all in for Jesus. I'm tired of buying into and subscribing to the junk of this world and trying to do things the way everybody else is doing them, trying to go every place that everybody else is taking their children. Amen. I'm going to raise my children by the Word of God. I'm going to raise my children in the church house. I'm going to make sure they're in Sunday school so that they have every chance of being influenced by the precious Word of God. I'm going to make the sacrifices necessary to make sure that they're raised up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord and I'm not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but so much the more as I see the day of the Lord coming I'm going to get plugged in even more now's not the time to back off and quit and, and, and water it down if anything now's the time to intensify our service to the Lord to intensify our commitment to the cross of Christ and God forgive us for being lazy and for being, uh, being asleep spirit and just letting the world take our kids right out from under us. Uh, God, help us to get some daddies on fire for God again. I'm talking about the day America died. She died by walking away from God, but she can live again by coming back home. Amen. Oh, yes. America needs to go back to her roots. What made America great? It was great fathers. Not just our founding fathers of this great nation, but the spiritual heritage that stems all the way back to Abraham, whom we call the father of faith. Now, I know we as a nation have shared, uh, we've had our fair share of evil from day one, but we've been blessed to enjoy freedoms that only the sacrifices of a father could have made. And today, America is as a fatherless nation in a spiritual sense, and in many cases, a literal sense. As a result, we have become very needy and very greedy. 
America has become socially what the church of Laodicea, Laodicea became spiritually. Where the Bible said, uh, uh, Thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And I want to say this, we as a nation are suffering the results of the absence of the Father in the home, not only spiritually, but all, all too frequently, even quite literally. We have in many ways become homeless, helpless, and hurting. We, as a prodigal son, have wandered far from home, void of a father's tender care. We are losing ground as a nation because we've forsaken the principles of fatherhood, and we are broken. But I want to say again, America needs to come back home today. Where does a fatherless nation go to for healing, for wholeness, and for happiness? We go to none other than our Heavenly Father. Luke chapter 15 is the story that I begin to tell you about when the prodigal left. But listen now to what the Father said when the prodigal came back home. He said this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry and until that trumpet sounds and the church is called out of here there is still hope for America to live again there is hope for America amen to begin to be merry spiritually again but it's going to take some people at the house of God the Bible said judgment must first begin at the house of God and we the hypocrites are telling Washington everything they should do to get Get right with God, but we forsake the principles of the book in our own home. And until we as a church get right with God, we can't expect anybody in Washington to do so. And God is calling us back home. God said in Jeremiah 49 verse 11, leave thy fatherless children. I will preserve them alive. And let thy widows trust in me you see the loving heavenly father is still right there ready uh, to catch the broken uh, to, to catch the fatherless and the widows to, to try to, to bring healing where fatherhood has been broken down uh, and, a, and a God in heaven still loves America and still loves the individuals in America but let me tell you the space of grace is running short amen uh, soon Jesus will return uh, and excuse the expression but according to the word of God great tribulation will be unleashed and there will be a time of suffering that could be described literally as hell on earth and those who rejected God and rejected Christ will actually begin to live in existence absence of the grace of God absent of the mercy of God you think it's bad now honey you wait until all hell is broke loose and God's vows of wrath are poured out on an ungodly world that's forsaken him and rejected him but God today is still sounding the alarm that you can come back home that there's still hope and there's still time where are the people that will come back home to God today I pray God helps me to preach as a dying man to a dying people. There's no time to waste. There's no games to play. There's no people to impress. The only impression I'm trying to make on you is that you would run steadfast to Jesus Christ and beg for mercy and grace while there's still hope. 
I could care less about my reputation or what you or anybody else thinks about me. All I care about is that you know Jesus. You can know my name and forget it and be all the better for it. But if you forget Jesus' name, you'll, you'll pay for it for eternity. Listen, the fathers of our land need to go to the Father above. That's the only hope that this nation has. Back in our text of chapter 17, verse 9, God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. That's where it brings it to where we live. This generation will be equally responsible for what we do with the invitation to enter into covenant with God Almighty. And you can enter into that covenant through a relationship with Jesus Christ today. The Bible said God setteth the solitary in families. You may not even have an earthly father. Don't matter. God wants you to be a part of his family. When, a, when your father and mother forsake you, the Lord will take you up. John 14, 6 said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto who? The Father. But by me. It's all about a relationship with the Father. And God is showing us the prime example of what fatherhood means and why it's important. We should first establish our relationship with him. And then we should be a father to those who are fatherless. We should be a father to those offspring that we ourselves have produced. We should care for. We should nurture. We should protect. We should provide for. Can I get an amen? We should be the priestly father uh, figure of the home. We should lead them spiritually. Today I want to invite the spiritually fatherless to Christ. You don't know the Lord. You don't know Jesus. Today could be your day. I want to invite those who are physically fatherless to the family of God. You can, you can join the biggest family in the earth today and have a heavenly father that will never forsake you, never leave you, never mistreat you. And will always be there for you. Don't let your view of your heavenly father be skewed by your view of your earthly father. You may have been hurt and damaged as a child, either through neglect or ill intent, but there is a God in heaven that loves you with an everlasting and unconditional love and that would never hurt you or never harm you. It would only do you good if you are harmed in eternity. It's only because you've rejected the uh, offer of love that he has out for you today. I want to invite the fathers today who are already saved to surrender to and serve Jesus with intensity to make the difference that God has called you and I to make while we're here. We need some men with backbones again that won't apologize and cower down. And I thank God for those that are still doing that. Amen. There are many of you today that have paid the, paved the way and you've paid the price and we salute you and we thank God for you. But let me tell you something. This, this culture, I've mentioned it, they've demoralized, they've criticized, they've ridiculed, they've been sarcastic to the role of the Father and it's nothing but a satanic ploy to break down the strength of society. If he could get you to questioning your manhood, he could get you to uh, exiting yourself from your God-given roles and responsibilities. Some of you need a new identity and you need to find it in Jesus Christ. 
Find out why you were put here, why God put you here. Get hooked up with your creator and let him guide your steps. And the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you'll hook up with your heavenly father, he will guide your every step. He'll put purpose in you. He'll give you a reason for living. And you won't have to bow down to the whims of society when you serve the risen Savior. Amen, church. For the sake of your families and this nation that you claim to love so much, man up and serve God. Valentine. Time where we show affection and commitment. God wants to know who loves me. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. God wants to be your father so that you can be the father that he's called you to be. Let me close with a passage in the book of Isaiah, rather. Chapter number 5, verse 21. Verse 20. This is what the Lord said. This is speaking. This is a chiding and a rebuke to the nation of Israel for having forsaken their God. And it very much depicts and describes where we are as a nation today. said, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil. That's where we're at today. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. I've never seen such crafty wording in my entire life. These liberals that hate God are so crafty with their wording, they could almost convince a believer in Jesus Christ that abortion is a godly thing to do. They're so crafty with their words. But you got to see through their lies and call it what it is. It's murder in the eyes of God. I don't care how you twist your words. All you are is a representation of Satan the snake that slithers into people's lives and whispers his deceits. uh, Amen. And he calls good evil and evil good. And they're having this society hate on the very people that could be a refuge of hope for them, the Christian. The best people that I know are godly people. Love Jesus and love their neighbors as themselves, And they'd do anything for you, including but not limited to giving their very last breath for you. And yet this world wants to paint the Christian as the evildoer. As the problem of society. If we could just get rid of the Christians, we'd all be happy. Uh, just imagine for just a minute how wicked this world would be without the salt and the light of the earth. The devil has lied to you. God said, woe to those that call good evil and evil good that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. 
Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. And I've often said it before, and I'll say it again. America is a drunk nation. We're not just drunk on substance abuse, such as alcohol and drugs. We are drunk on media. We are drunk on propaganda. We got our heads in the sand or up in the clouds or somewhere or anywhere, but where it needs to be, which is this book, uh, where the entrance of God's light, get, uh, word giveth light to, to those who are found in darkness. Oh, God, uh, help us to look to the light of God's glorious word again. Woe to them which are mighty to drink wine verse 23 which justify the wicked for reward the only reason they're interested in promoting wicked people is because they're bought and paid for if you ever wonder how our politicians can promote such ungodliness and such wickedness as murdering people for a profit, and that's, that's the exact reason, is because they're sold their soul to the devil and they're doing it for money. And the Bible prophesied of the day that they would sell men's souls. And we're there today. Where people care more for the almighty dollar than they do almighty God. Amen. That's exactly right have no moral character, have no moral compass. Uh, they don't really care about anybody but me, myself, and I. And God says, woe to that people. And it's time for America to wake up and realize uh, that we have deceived ourselves into thinking that we will remain strong because look at our position. But God never allows you to keep uh, what you cannot value and appreciate in His eyes. He, Jesus, taught his disciples not to cast the pearls before swine, and God's not going to continue to cast his blessings before the feet of a swine-like people that keep trampling him under feet, amen, and rejecting him while continuously expecting God to bless. And God help us. We've got a bunch of preachers in the pulpits today, uh, amen, that don't have enough backbone to tell you anything right, amen. Uh, they want to preach this health, wealth, and prosperity stuff, uh, and I'm all for the blessings of God, uh, but you better be balanced, sir. You better be balanced when you preach. Uh, you better tell people uh, that the opposite is true, that if you reject God, uh, you'll be in the worst condition you could ever imagine being in, amen. Uh, oh, they don't want to talk about that. They just want to attract the crowds uh, by tickling the ear but God give us some preachers today that'll say that except you repent you will also perish Amen. the day America died she left God but the day America lives is when she returns to God God said therefore as the fire devoureth the stubble, the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. I'm probably going to get some hate mail for this, amen, but let me tell you something, you better make sure that you honor the word of God. Verse 25, therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them and hath smitten them and the hills did tremble and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets for all this his anger is not turned away but listen to this 
but his hand is stretched out still. All the while we're suffering the consequences of our own sin, yet that nail-scarred hand is still outstretched, ready to receive all who will come back in repentance. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've forsaken you. I've bought the lies. I've tried to live for self. Uh, and God, I have forsaken you. I, I come to you uh, in full repentance. I ask for forgiveness. Uh, and Lord, I don't know if I can or not, but I'm willing to, uh, to quit my sin. And if you'll empower me uh, and if you'll enable me, I'll walk away from my sin. Uh, and God has still got an outstretched hand today uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, and that's for the individual. And that's for a nation. And that's for a church. Uh, and it's time that we begin to ask God to forgive us and quit pretending like we're okay and pretending like there's no sin to be held accountable for and start repenting of our dirty rotten sin that's robbed us of the presence of God that's robbed us of the power as a church to bring forth children amen that's robbed us of the power to be salt and light and effectively reach our community God help us to repent of our sin and turn back to the God of our forefathers and make him the God of ourselves make him our heavenly father so that once again he can bless our family once again he can bless me as an individual once again he can bless my church once again he can bless my community and God may he send a sweeping revival fire that floods this entire land so that once again before that trumpet sounds God can bless America again